That's Gathering Time with their version of Pete Seeger's Turn, 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 which of course was a big hit for the birds. Gathering Time are a Long Island-based folk rock harmony trio in the tradition of Peter, Paul and Mary with a little bit of Crosby, Stills and Nash, the birds and Joni Mitchell thrown into the mix. They actually joined us on Folk Roots Radio at the 2018 Folk Music Ontario Conference for a fun conversation about their music and a couple of live songs. Well, they're back with a new album, Old Friends, which features covers 
of classic songs from the 60s and 70s by artists like The Birds, Joni Mitchell, Paul Simon, Gordon Lightfoot and more. To learn more about the new album, we're pleased to welcome Stuart Marcus, Hilary Fox Song and Jerry McEveney back to Folk Roots Radio. It's great to have you guys join us today. Thank you, Jen. So, so nice great to be here, here Jen. Yeah. Now, I should mention yeah. to everybody listening on radio that they're actually all social distanced because obviously we are still in these strange COVID times. Uh, they're all at home in their various situations. It's actually kind of interesting because we are having fun while we were setting up for this interview by watching people wander around the house to find the perfect place. Hillary, actually, I think is in her husband's, looks like his work studio, which uh, he does a lot of engineering, right? And he has a lot of studio work. Yeah, well, he's, you've got the electronics workbench behind you, so it's a bunch of meters and so on. Spun around the other way, you'd be looking at the audio rack, but that's too tall and too large for me to even consider swinging around so you can see it. <laughs> well, what people should know is that we've done almost all of our recording at uh, the studio that Ted built in their apartment, and he is our, our senior engineer. Uh, so all that equipment is stuff that he's built or accumulated uh, over the years. It's a family affair. A couple of our good microphones came off of that workbench and some of our um, various rack equipments as well. Yeah, he's doing a fine job for you. So you're social distanced. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about you know how things have been going since the start of the pandemic a little later in the interview. But we're here to talk about the new album. I mentioned at the start we had fun when you joined us in Toronto for a chat about your last album, Keepsake, which did very well, and a couple of live songs. Actually, one of them uh, is on this album, You're On My Mind. Beautiful Ian and Sylvia song that's on this album. But this album is a little different. I wanted to start the interview by giving you a chance just to talk about why you wanted to put out a covers album. A couple of reasons, if I can jump in. First of all, we grew up with this music, and it was the, the biggest influence on us. And we never thought about it as, you know, are we playing covers? We think about it as this is music that influenced what we do. We pay homage to it. Uh, we consider it part of uh, America's cultural history, really, and, and Canada's too, actually. We got so many requests. We do shows in libraries, educational programs, where we play the music and talk about the social influences on it, things that it was speaking to at the time. And people come up to us and ask us, you know, do you have an album just of, of these songs? And that was the original impetus. Plus, we, we love them. We just love doing them. Over the last few years with what's been going on in America, we realized that a lot of these songs had gained renewed relevance to society. It was almost like they were speaking to what was going on today. And especially over the last year, a number of people said all of a sudden it feels like we're thrust back into 1968, which was a yeah. watershed year in American politics and society. And it just almost by happenstance, you know, a lot of these songs that we'd selected because they were so socially relevant back then, all of a sudden seemed very current. So it, uh, it was almost serendipitous that we're putting out this album now. So we started off with Pete Seeger's Turn, 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 fabulous song, obviously made famous by The Birds. Uh, what attracted you to putting that on the album? And it's the first track of this album, A Beautiful Way to Start. That one dates back with us, oh gosh, 10 years probably? 12. It was 2008. 
played for the uh, the Pete Seeger uh, 90th birthday celebration at the Folk Music Society of Huntington. That was sort of our coming out song. That's right. I remember that one. And I remember the arrangement process because you would listen to the birds and you would think there were three parts in there. And then when I found out there were actually two and now we had to carve a third one out, that was pretty interesting. Stuart pretty much took care of that. He's good with the vocal arrangements. That's just one of the songs that's been with us for so long. And it's applicable in, certainly in these circumstances, you can't go wrong with that one. I mean, it's it's speaking to, to the, the turning of your personal times and to the turning of human times. Well, the words are somewhere between 2,500 and 3,000 years old, and they still apply. You know, they come out of the book of Ecclesiastes in the Bible. So it, it's, a, it's sort of a comforting song that it speaks to the idea that humanity has been through, you know, anything like this before, anything that we're going through. Uh, it's a little bit pessimistic to think that we can't break out of that cycle, but at the same time, it's comforting to know that we've been through it before. And uh, it was also significant because the Birds were the very first folk rock band, really. It's Roger McGoon is credited to inventing the, the concept of, of blending electric guitars and bass guitars uh, with, with folk music. And uh, they were doing Bob Dylan and Pete Seeger songs and that sort of thing. So it just... just it, it seemed very appropriate for us to, to lead off with that one for a bunch of reasons. For me, as the newest member, I grew up with this music as well. I'm, I'm, I'm the youngest of a fairly large family, so I heard a lot of this stuff firsthand through my brothers. The original Bird's arrangement of Turn, Turn, Turn is so iconic. If you listen to the recording, it still sounds fabulous. And it was produced by actually Terry Melcher, who was Doris Day's son. One of the little bit of trivia that is not of any use to anyone, but I wanted to share it anyway. <laughs> but <laughs> but I had always loved this music, and it's one of the reasons I was excited about joining Gathering Time is that I would get to do a lot of these things. This is kind of a bonus after the years I'd been in the group to actually go through the process of recording our own versions of these songs and getting to play them and sing the harmony parts. It's been a great deal of fun. All the songs on the album, all 13, are they all songs that form part of your live shows at different times or others? Uh, yes, all of them were, with one exception that I can think of, and that's the song Old Friends itself. Uh, it was Hillary's idea to call the album by that name, and I said, oh, do you want to do the Simon and Garfunkel song? And I said, what Simon and Garfunkel song? Because <laughs> you're the Simon and Garfunkel fan, and I never really went deeper than the radio cuts. So I played her the song, and it's, it's such a sweet song, and aging is a, an issue in Western society. People are living a lot longer, but they're not always living a lot healthier. We're rethinking concepts of retirement and what being old means. So Hillary said, Stu, why don't you do an acapella arrangement of it? And I actually scored one out. <laughs> and that was the toughest <laughs> one to work on, I think. There is a pretty strong Canadian representation in the tracks. Um, Joni Mitchell, Gordon Lightfoot. The Laura Nero tune was, the famous version was sung by David Clayton Thomas, who I believe is Canadian. He said, and is, also yeah. Sylvia Tyson. Yeah, so yeah. that was not intentional, but it is kind of interesting that 
so many of the songs had those origins. At 17, my most poignant memory of that actually was playing it in Toronto. It was uh, an International Women's Day celebration. After the performance, a, a gay man came up to us and he was sort of misting up, wiping away tears. I think he talked to Hillary directly because she seems to lead on the song. And he thanked us for playing that song because as a teenager, he'd felt like the outcast and it spoke to him so much. So all these songs are, are very, very personal uh, in a lot of ways. I'd like to go back to the album and play your version of Abraham, Martin and John. You know, one of the things you mentioned at the start of this interview is that when you picked the, these songs for the album, uh, one of the things that really came through was the similarities between the time when a lot of these songs were written in the late 60s and some of the times we're living in now. And I don't want to get too political into any of that just now, but tell us a little bit about why you wanted to, to choose to put Abraham, Martin and John on this album. For me, because I, I am fortunate enough to be the one who sings lead on it uh, for most of it, it's very powerful because my earliest memory is of the JFK funeral. I remember the flag draped casket. I was, you know, three years old, but I remember it quite vividly. And the 60s were so tumultuous with the assassinations also of Martin Luther King and then Bobby Kennedy right on top of it. And my two oldest brothers were very much embroiled, you know, and living under the sword of the draft for the Vietnam War. To see that in the times that we're living in, some 50 years later, we are still struggling with racism in this country. It is still an issue. It's still, you know, such a, a, a point of conflict that is extraordinary. And I think that that was the impetus for all of us to want to include the song. Say, we've, we've come a long way. There has been progress, but there's still so much to still be made. And, and look, we were singing about this 50 years ago. I, I think for me, the, um, the song is such a stark reminder that you know, all four of the men mentioned in that song were strong campaigners for civil rights, for human rights. And the notion that trying to establish equal rights for everybody and serve all people justly can make some people so angry that they would go out and kill someone is just a, a startling reminder of, of the dark side of humanity. And, you know, this has been going on for thousands of years, there have been political assassinations. But just sort of like, uh, we sometimes just need to take a deep breath as a society and say, okay, we can argue, we can disagree. Let's keep it civil and appeal to our, our rational sides because the consequences are devastating if, if we don't. Let's listen to that song just now. This is Gathering Time with their version of Abraham, Martin and John from their new album, Old Friends. You're listening to Folk Roots Radio, and I'm Jan Hall. Anybody here Seen my old friend Abraham Can you tell me where he's gone? He freed a lot of people But it seemed good they'd die young I 
just look around and he is gone Anybody here Seen my old friend John Can you tell me where he's gone? He feed a lot of people But it seemed good they die young I just look around and he is Anybody here Seen my old friend Martin Can you tell me where he's gone He feed a lot of people But it seemed good they die young I just look around and he is gone Didn't you love things that they stood for Didn't they try to find some good for you and me And we'll be free Can you tell me where he's gone? I thought I saw him going over the hill With Abraham, Martin and John Abraham, Martin and John That's Gathering Time with Abraham, Martin and John. It's from their new album, Old Friends, just about to be released. Special guests on Folk Roots Radio today are Hilary Fox Song, Jerry McEvney and Stuart Marcus from Gathering Time. And of course, Abraham, Martin and John, it does name check two American presidents who were assassinated, Abraham Lincoln and John Kennedy. And also Martin Luther King and Bobby Kennedy. It's a great song, and I was so pleased, Stuart, that you mentioned the fact that it really is important for people to try and come together because, unfortunately, the divisions that we're seeing in the United States are also, I think, being seen in a lot of places around the world these days. Unfortunately, what I see happening a lot is people shouting at each other and shouting past each other and not being willing to listen and... and that's a shame. You know, I, I wish all of America could be more like gathering time because we have disagreements. We had plenty of them when we were recording the album. But there's enough respect for each other that we kind of 
talk things through and say, okay, let's experiment and try something rather than just walking away angry. I mean, bands break up over recording albums <laughs> and, uh, and that's a shame. So let's talk about the making of the album, because I, I imagine that you started making this album last year. Is that right? Is that when you started to, to think about pulling this album together? <laughs> Three years ago. Thank you. Yeah. Three. Well, we had this mistaken notion that it would be fairly simple to pull together an album of, of covers. Like, oh, everybody's doing covers records. We could do that. It would be a relaxing effort to just put out a nice, friendly little covers album before we dig deep into the the minds of originals again. And we all knew the songs; we had the arrangements down from playing them live. We thought, okay, we'll go into the studio, I'll play our parts, boom, we'll have it done in a few months. <laughs> well, I guess that's the difference between the you know when you you decide to do a cover on stage. I mean. That is a process that grows as you start to work out the best arrangement. And, uh, you know, bearing in mind that, you know, what you've got two guitars and uh, a variety of different percussion. I mean, that's what you play. I mean, uh, Hillary can sound like a drum kit, although, you know, it's all individual <laughs> instruments. But it must take a, a little time to, to, to actually refine in an arrangement. And I can see the sudden pressure that would put on you for instance, you know, we played, started off with Turn, Turn, Turn. A song like that, you might be very comfortable playing, but suddenly we're going in the studio and then, ooh, how are we actually going to arrange this for a recording? Sure, we, we do that song. I'm playing acoustic guitar. Jerry's playing electric. But we go into the studio. It's like, well, you know, we need a bass guitar on it. And then Jerry says, I've got a friend with a Rickenbacker 12 string. Let me go and get that one for the solo. Then we say, there's a great drummer that lives out east. Let's get him into a studio because this is a folk rock song. So let's, and, and that's the way it happens. And then <laughs> a lot of songs. We, we thought about the capabilities of the studio and how we can do much more with multi-tracking than we can with a live performance. And under the, the rubric, you know, the guiding principle, of let's make the best sounding record we can, we found ourselves doing a whole lot more than perhaps we originally thought we would. And all of the recording, I think, took place at, at your place. Is that right, Hillary? It did. I am sitting in the control seat right now. <laughs> yeah, I am not pushing any of those buttons, but I'm sitting in the in the the helm, as it were, on the bridge of the Starship wrong side of the track studios. <laughs> <laughs> the drums were recorded elsewhere. Yes, because this is a small starship, and you're not going to fit a whole drum kit on this bridge. <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to go back to the album and try and squeeze another track in. And the first single you released was your version of Get Together, which actually uh, was hugely popular, I know, amongst the, uh, the folk DJ community. I think it was the number one song for July after it was released. Tell us a little bit about why you wanted to put this song on the album. Jerry came up with a wonderful arrangement. Is that open G tuning? Changed a couple of the chord changes. Um, I wanted to try it where we did it instead of just, you know, kind of replicating what the Youngbloods had done to put more of our own stamp on it, which we do on all of them. But a way of doing that was that I, you know, did it in an open G tuning and did it, all of the guitar parts are one guitar. So that it's it's kind of stark and very direct, 
and uh, I'm very happy with how it came out. And as I said, a couple chord changes that offer different harmonic possibilities for our voices. And there's also just the fact that we have done the song and we love it. And uh, it, it is so germane to uh, the theme of, of the record that seemed to evolve over time. You know, as I said, we started this record three years ago and what we were doing just seemed to become more and more relevant as time went on, you know, and, and it evolved so much from where it started, as Hillary said, friendly little covers record. This will be fun. But then starting <laughs> to see that the spirit of it just became so appropriate and more so every day. You know, when the, the murder of George Floyd was on TV at the hands of those police officers, primarily that, that one officer, and the protests erupted, and then there were counter-protests, and the vitriol level all of a sudden started amping up. Uh, and this was back in late May, I think. We started talking about the idea of maybe releasing that song as a single. And then uh, uh, John Platt, who's a, a well-known DJ in New York City, sent me an email, and he, he said, I'm, I'm putting together a, a segment of a show on this theme. Uh, is your arrangement ready yet? You know, Can you send me... Uh, I call the MP3, and I, I emailed the two of them and Hillary's husband, our engineer, and said, I think our hand is being forced a little bit on this. Let's get it done. And uh, so we give him credit. And, uh, yeah, as you said, we, we sent it out as an advanced single. It was the, the number one song on folk DJ list uh, for July. Well, it certainly resonated with a lot of people. This is Gathering Time with their version of Get Together on Folk Roots Radio. Love is but a song to sing Feels the way we die You can make the mountains ring Or make the angels cry Though the bird is on the wing You may not know why People now, smile on your brother, everybody get together, try to love one another right now. Come on, people now, smile on your brother, everybody get together, try to love one another right now. Some may come and some may go You will surely pass When the one that left us here Returns for us at last We are but a moment's sunlight Fading in the grass People now, 
Smile on your brother, everybody get together Try to love one another right now Come on, people now Smile on your brother, everybody get together Try to love one another right now That's Gathering Time with their version of the Youngbloods' Get Together from their great new album, Old Friends. Hilary Fox song, Jerry McEveney and Stuart Marcus are our special guests on Folk Roots Radio today, chatting about the new album. And I'm wondering, you guys, how things have been during this lockdown. I noticed that you actually did manage to get a CD release show, is that right? I think you played a show in late July. Tell us a little bit about that. Actually managed to get two in now. Uh, Long Island, you know, thankfully under the guidance of, of Governor Cuomo, who relies on scientists and, and public health experts, has sort of navigated us through a reopening process. And uh, 
a month or so ago, they decided it would be okay to have outdoor concerts as long as people stay well-spaced. And the opportunity came up to do a drive-in concert at a performing arts center uh, on the North Shore of Long Island. And it happened very quickly when they got the OKs. It was like booked and, and planned out inside of two weeks. And then we had another one just uh, last night, a Parks concert, where they put up a fence and only allowed 50 people in. And they had circles on the lawn, you know, drawn in chalk or spray paint where people could be. Uh, so thank God it's, you know, been a, a decent summer on Long Island. And so we've been able to do some, some outdoor shows that way. And again, they came up very quick. Last night's just because a, a lovely group from Maryland all of a sudden found that they couldn't come to New York to perform because Maryland all of a sudden is on the quarantine list. So, you know, we've lost a ton of shows. We feel bad for how we got that one, but, you know, everyone's dealing with it the best that they can. So this time the football bounced in our direction. So how did you find the drive-in show? Did you, I mean, did it feel like a, a real show? It was, it was pretty funny uh, looking out at the sea of cars and some people got out and sat in front of their cars in lawn chairs. So at the end of the song, you would get this smattering of applause, but the people who stayed in the cars all blew their horns. And then as it got dark, they would flash their lights and blow their horns. So it was, it was pretty entertaining. <laughs> It just made me it made me laugh at the end of every song. <laughs> Normally when you hear a, a horn honk or see headlights flash and you think you know, you know, you've done something wrong and there's about to be an accident or something, so you get startled and it's like, oh no, no, they just that means they liked us. Okay, good. Yeah. It's it's certainly a, a different world. There's absolutely no doubt about that. So what happens now? You wait for some more gigs to, to come in, maybe more drive in concerts over the next few months, and then hopefully as things start to settle down again, perhaps next year, yeah, we, we hope so. get going. You know, the summer's been good. You know, I mean, we've lost a lot, but some opportunities have come up. We don't know what the autumn will bring. We've got another drive-in show next next Sunday. That's the one just after the, the Zoom wedding with my cousin in Toronto. And uh, we'll kind of see what happens. Uh, we're, we're starting to get some publicity off of this. It just seems like the time was, was right and some of the online... Music magazines have picked up on it. Uh, so, you know, who knows what might happen after that. But it's still a very strange time that we're in. So who knows what, what might happen. Well, it's been an absolute pleasure to talk to you today. If you want to learn more about the music of Gathering Time, you can go to gathering-time.com. Follow the links on our website as well for more information about the band. We're going to finish with... A Stephen Stills song, Carry On, which made it on the album from the Deja Vu album. Tell us a little bit about why you chose it. We knew that was going to be on here. And I think from the very beginning, we knew that was going to be the closing song. We have made pets out of some of these CSN songs. Sweet Judy Blue Eyes was the, the standard bearer for a while. And eventually this one came into the fold. It's an interesting process, for me at least. I don't go back to the source material and study it because I don't want that in my ear. I want to be free to see what comes up fresh with us. And when I went back to listen to the original years after we'd been doing this one, I realized their rhythmic structure is completely different. You know, they're two 
hits in a different place than where I'm hitting the two playing the djembe on this. And production wise, that was why I said, no, you, you have to let me do all these drums. I'll layer them in because I can't explain this to someone else. And when you said that, that djembe sounds like a drum kit on this one, I've got to give kudos to the engineer because the djembe just thunders. It's, I love this. I love the way this came out. <laughs> that was a song that we adopted a number of years ago and, and started performing. And to me, it was always an interesting song because it starts out, you know, it's the aftermath of a failed relationship on a rainy day, basically. But Stephen writes in, you know, that, okay, there, there is hope for the future. You know, carry on, love is coming to us all. And it was at a, a show, I don't know if you remember, Hillary, many years ago, it was spontaneous. We had the audience really with us singing along. And I just sort of counted in and we sang the line, carry on, love is coming, love is coming to us all, again at the end, which is something that CSN and Y didn't do. Right. Um, and we just said, you know what, that really works because it ends on a, an optimistic note. And uh, almost a, a Winston Churchillian note, you know, carry on and, and keep on going. We just decided, okay, that's the way we're going to end that song from now on. And it just really made sense to end the album that way, too, with that line. Well, Sonny, that's a perfect way to finish this interview. Hilary Fox sung Jerry McEveney and Stuart Marcus from Gathering Time. It's been an absolute pleasure to have you join us today. This is Gathering Time with their version of Carry On. And yes, we all need to carry on. As Stuart was saying, love is coming to us all. We will get through this. And thanks again for spending time with us on Folk Roots Radio. Thank you.
What was it made you run?